Hello and welcome back to episode number 52 of the TNC podcast. We've got a guest and it's a very good one. He's brought the sun from North Wales. A big one. It's the legend that is Owen Shooter-Jones. How are you, my friends? Very good, thank you, boys. Thanks good. for the invite. Well, thanks so much for coming down. I think you've broke a record for the most miles covered to get here. It's dedication, eh? Banger. You, you oh, so, by the way, very on time. Yeah. Always nice to see. Mm-hmm. Very on time. We've had a few shockingly late guests. Mm-hmm. Shockingly late guests. But it's we? often the, the former Norwich players and the current Norwich players that are often on time. Well, so there you go. Something to say about that. Um, how are you, first of all? How has it been going? Really good, actually. Um, it's always nice to be back in Norwich, if I'm perfectly honest. I mean, I'm sure we'll get into my time at the club and how it wasn't it wasn't brilliant for me on the pitch, but off the pitch it was, it was mm. great. Uh, made some good friends, so it's always good to catch up. What is it about Norwich? Because you often see with, with players who, you know, finish their careers here and stay here, go away, come back, you know, then sort of live here permanently. There's something about this city that, that grabs onto people, isn't there? There is. I think generally it's... It seems to be the lads who are genuine club legends. Who, mm. you know, it's a unique part of the world. Uh, people's perception of Norwich before coming here, I think people think of it as maybe some backwards village uh, <laughs> with, with nothing here at all. And I think when you get here, it's a big surprise. Yeah. You know, it's a lovely city. It's a good night out, which is which is very important. Uh, and and then you have the adulation that that the, these lads get from Carrow Road if you do well. The fans love you, and it's a, it's a one club city. Mm. It just means that even after they retire, you know they can still get a little bit of that. Uh, Where did you adulation. go out? Where did you go out in Norwich? Well, Mercy was the uh, the end of the night. Uh, I don't think Mercy's the there. Was it? Mercy's still there. It's just still just there. here. It's had some troublesome times. Okay, I'll, 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 not that we need to talk about business. No, no, no. no. Um, where do we used to go? Just a mixed bag, really. It's all changed now. I've, I've been out a couple of times in the last couple of years. Just anywhere, really. Uh, you struck me as a, a, a bit of a barman rather than a clubber. Oh, you're spot on there. Yeah. <laughs> spot on. I mean, we had quite a lot of success in that two-year spell that I was here. It means that mm-hmm. um, the nights didn't finish at the bars. We, <laughs> we did then make the journey to the clubs, but I always felt more at home in bars. Even though, even the wine bars where you can sit sit down, you can have a, have a conversation. Yeah. And I don't mean that in a boring way, but you can talk, you can have that laugh with the lads. Uh, whereas going to the club... That was more for the for the pretty boys who were on the hunt. I don't want to put you in, in a bad place straight away, but I was listening to, with, on, on to. your podcast, the Long Man's World Football Podcast. Brilliant, by the way. Forbesy being on there, Hucks, McVeigh, Gunny. You were talking with Forbesy. You said Swansea was a better night out than Norwich. Mm. Are you sticking by that? I well, bet you it is. They were his words. Were they? But I think but you I might probably agreed. agreed with him. Yeah. It's, uh, I, lo- I, I could talk all night. I love going out in Norwich. It's a great night out. Swansea's just a... A level above because of the structure. You have this one street, and when it's like weather like this on a Saturday afternoon, Saturday night, it is packed. It's yeah. like being abroad. Uh, it's just a little bit different to anything else in the UK. I like it, the structure of it. Chris, how are you, by the way? Splendid. I mean, we haven't recorded a podcast in this heat since Russ. We know how that ended with the sweat patches. I hope Owen handles things a bit better. Grey t shirt, dangerous. I know, I know. Keeping my pits um, closed. It is getting very warm in here already. I mean, I just need to bring up straight away, actually, completely off topic, England. Yeah, let's, let's talk about it. That's not why I'm worried about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you said that if we wore England tops, you know, but you're very kind of on trend for England, so... Um... I don't mind it. It's, you know, back home in Wales, so many people hate England. Yeah, like, uh, they do, don't they? 
it's not so much the players and and what what goes on on the pitch. It's what happens off it. And mm. I think you two, from what I've seen on social media, you're probably a part of why the Welsh hate <laughs> the English. Uh, just obviously, you get excited, you get you get um, into the spirit of things, and and then you have the press who just get overly excited, mm. and then if things go wrong. What's your take on the Welsh players celebrating England going out to Iceland and that video coming out on Twitter? Is that something that you would have done in the Welsh national team? Yeah, I would have been right in amongst <laughs> it. And again, it's not because I, I hate England. It's just it's a bit of a team bonding thing. Should it have been released? No. Obviously, it was done by accident. Mm. It doesn't reflect brilliantly and it's, it's almost a, a stick to beat the players with. People then want them yeah. to get knocked out whereas maybe the English fans before that wanted them to do well yeah. but um, it's just you, you ask any of those players they play with a lot of the England yeah yeah absolutely, setting, you know, absolutely they're friends with a lot of them it's just this media hype yeah um, that they got well I enjoyed it I thought it was a great little bit mm. of banter and I'm sure Norwich players would do the same thing if, if Ipswich lose a game they'd probably go Whoa. it's good to see the human side of them isn't it absolutely you know? absolutely it doesn't sound like you think it's coming home though it could it could I think well, they'll do well we go. I think I don't think it's coming home but I, I don't think it's going to be what happens in the Belgium game. I don't know. It's going to be a tough game. I can actually see England beating Belgium and Belgium going further in the competition. Mm, yeah. Um, but in terms of who they're going to play in the next round, it's a good group mm. to be up against. Yeah. Whoever they'll end up playing, it's it's a good route if you want to get to the quarterfinals mm. and beyond. I can actually see them maybe getting to the semi-finals. Mm. But maybe that'll be it. From we'll take that. That's right. a big deal. Let's get away from England and let's get on, on to your career. It's, it's an interesting one. Um, people wanted you on here. They clearly wanted to hear your story. I think we were on the scrimmage a few weeks ago. I was, yeah. yeah. So you're doing your local your local media rounds. Now, going through... Porth Madog, is that... Yeah, not bad. Is that, not bad. I mean, my mum is Welsh. I was so going to say, I've, you, I've got you, Welsh in me. Yeah. That's a terrible pronunciation, though. I think she was actually texting all of her family saying, like, I won't... Did you say one. Port? Port. Yeah. Port Madog. is how you actually say There we go. Um, Bangor City, Swansea, Swindon. Mm. And then this is the big one, Norwich City. Mm. That's quite a leap, isn't it? I suppose, from, from, from Swindon on loan, Swansea, Norwich City, League One one of the favourites to go back into the championship. Big move. It was a big move. Uh, it was seen as a bigger club than Swansea, but Swansea were in the championship at the time. So 2009, I was part of the Swansea squad, first season in the championship, which was the season Norwich were relegated. Yeah. Um, so really successful first season for Swansea. And they were looking to kick on. I, w- I was offered a, an extension on my contract, but it, it was time to leave. Um, sample something new and I, I guess I was seen as one of many players that had a little bit of experience in League One for that rebuild that restructure mm. that the club needed at the time um, and it didn't go it didn't go to plan for me personally but being part of that squad it was it was great and it was what was different was the training facilities even though Swansea were a, a club in a higher division the facilities on a different mm. level at the time uh, not anymore. I've been yeah. to the Swansea training ground recently. <laughs> it's, it's scary. Really? Um, my, my wages were increased, even though I was dropping down the league. Mm. Uh, so it was a good move for me at, the, at that time. It was a good move, but it, I suppose it was a, a slightly risky move as well. Swansea on the uh, Norwich, arguably, well, they were on their way down. The restructuring, it could have gone all wrong. It could have gone wrong, um, but it was. I said I was offered an extension at Swansea. I knew it was time to leave because I had a real good relationship with the fans there. Going from the Welsh Premier League, mm. which is non-league, mm. um, with Bangor to signing for Swansea, even though they're four four hours apart, I was almost seen as one of their own, a Welshman. 
good relationship. They they had a couple of songs for me, uh, but by the what fourth, were the songs? Uh, we'll get into that. After. <laughs> okay. we'll get into that after. Um, had my breakthrough season with them. Seasons two and three, just injuries. Had a yeah. couple of surgeries on my knee. Um, and by the time I'd come back, Roberto Martinez had transformed the team, mm. and the boys, had, uh, the boys had moved. Martinez. They, they, they'd moved to a different level. Mm. So I was, I was playing catch up. The relationship with the fans was starting to turn, because there's always a scapegoat in the team, yeah. and I, I, I just felt that it was, it was starting to be me. Mm. So I jumped at the chance to leave. Really, Chris, what are your sort of memories of this time? Because it, it was a. A real up and down period for Norwich City, wasn't it? And lots of players coming in, lots of players going out. Not much kind of settle settlement at the club. What are your kind of memories that, that jump out of that time? For me personally, it was um, probably a lot more difficult than most people because um, Gunny, being a, a good mate of, of my family, um, I really, really struggled with the whole situation. Mm. Um, it was a hell of a lot of pressure. So Angus being in goal this year times that by twenty five because Gunny's in charge. That's a big deal, um, and I and I was con- I was concerned and I was very very stressed and I was very very disappointed that he went out and that the way he did go out. I thought that his the way he was um, sacked was disgusting. Um, even though obviously we went on to do great things with Lambert, very very grateful for that. Um, but just found it you know incredibly. Um, challenging that period of time but it has shaped me for this new period now which is actually it hasn't been as rocky as, as it was when Owain was here in League One um, you know I'm sure we well we need to now talk about the 7-1 of course um, but you know Michael Theoklitos in that gang of players or Theo Clit, well we won't go into that too much but you know it it was very very difficult I think for for, for me personally um, mm. but I think a lot of Norwich fans will look on it in quite fond memories actually because we tonked a lot of teams we tonked a lot of teams mm. and I think we really really um, I think we actually got the fans back on side I think they took um, obviously a massive gamble on Holty that is probably the best gamble this club has ever done in the history of the club um, and yeah, no, but it was it was okay. It was just a wee bit challenging for me. What 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 you had, Jack, is probably the transformation where they found that the club had become that championship club where uh, the fans maybe didn't quite have the affinity with the players. That relationship was a little bit fractured, and the players that they brought in, maybe ability wise, we weren't mm. as talented as what had been previously. But that togetherness mm. is is on top of having ability, of course. Um, I think that's what maybe brought the the relationship back. And you're, you know, probably one of the the best people to speak about this. How much do you think that togetherness counts towards getting results on the pitch? In in you know comparison to having that raw ability, do you think that togetherness is almost more important? I think it's huge, but it depends who you talk to. You you, you hear these experts who have played at the top top level. Mm. And they say you don't have to be friends. You don't even have to like each other. But I think it helps. Yeah. It helps loads. Now, if you've got 25 lads in a, in a dressing room, not everyone is going to be close mates. But that group were close. Mm. You know, you had little pockets who were closer than others. Um, you had your little coffee groups and, and, and people who'd go on nights out. Who's in the coffee group? I bet you were in the coffee group when you go Yeah, I was, I was in amongst it. Yeah. What's your coffee, by the way? I'll have anything. I know, black, black Americano. But, strong, uh, strong. Double espresso on the way here, just just to get here for you guys. Uh, good <laughs> boy, good boy. I've, I've got I the receipt. That. I've got the receipt, so I'll get my expenses <laughs> back with that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, of course. Um, Not petrol though. <laughs> <laughs> my one of my best mates in football, one of my best mates in general, Gilly, yeah. who's still at the club. Um, 
he was in the coffee school. Only he when looks he, like a coffee man. Yeah, only when Beth and his wife was, she was living in Edinburgh at the time, she was finishing college, but then, and I lived with Gilly for a little spell. When she came back, he wasn't allowed out as often. <laughs> uh, but Big Nels, Halty, um, Stephen Hughes, Laps, loads. Stephen yeah. Hughes, loads. there's a name I've not heard in years. Yeah. But it was it was a tight group. And obviously success means you can enjoy your night out a little bit more. There's a bit more adulation for the boys mm. on a night out, which feeds their egos. It was a good time. Let's not forget, though, Chris, you mentioned it there. You've got your coffee groups. Your wages have gone up. You're in a lovely city. You walk out on your debut, crashed 7-1 by Colchester. You must be thinking, what is going on here? Yeah, yeah it was, nobody saw it coming, no. honestly. Uh, the, the pre-season that we had was a good one. Mm. And I think it goes to show that it doesn't matter what you do in pre-season. If your team's losing every week, don't worry about it too much. But we'd, we'd beaten Wigan, who were in the Premier League. Roberto was managing them. Uh, we'd had a 1-1 draw with Man United. And Man United 11, beating Crystal Palace away. So you're thinking, I just think, we we, I think we got a little bit too too cocky. Not not even, at the time, probably, we, it's not as if I would have sat there thinking, oh, this is going to be easy. But something subconsciously, maybe, we did think that Colchester at home was going to be an easy ride mm. uh, and it proved to be a little bit different mm. but it, it wasn't just a defeat was it it was it was almost a, well it was a capitulation <clears throat> mentally it must have been challenging as well yeah I mean it's it's probably something that still hasn't left me I still think about it every now and then <laughs> good uh, wakes you up in the middle of the night yeah, yeah. I hope it does away <laughs> I hope sorry. it does I'm sorry <laughs> but I don't know it's I, I'd be surprised if any of the players at the time had, had been through something quite like that I mean, we've mm. we've all been beaten before, beaten comfortably, probably loads of times. But to be beaten seven-one on your debut at home in front of twenty-six thousand, it was different. Mm. It really was. It was different. I like that. Uh, and then afterwards, I remember being in the dressing room, and uh, you could hear the fans outside gathering. And uh, I don't know if they were chanting for Gunny to be sacked or Delia was get was getting some stick as well. A bit of both. That's every season, no doubt. Um, <laughs> It was it was incredible, but being on the pitch, I think because I spoke to Gunny on the podcast about it recently, mm. and the way he remembered was the first ten minutes we were doing okay, mm. you know we were in the game, uh, and then all of a sudden five 0 down at half time, just scary really, scary. So um, yeah, it's it's not something that I carry. I'm only I'm only messing. It doesn't it doesn't affect me that much, but you know it's it's a memory that'll yeah. be there forever, and uh, yeah, it's always always nice to be reminded of it. Thanks, boys. No, no problem. So, speaking of Gunny, mm. I tapped him up on Twitter as I do before I have famous guests on, and I say, and I say to him, "Look, come on, Owen's on. Give me the gossip." And he just says, "I'm just going to read it just to be transparent with you, you guys watching and listening." Um, he's long. Ask him about his contract, League One slash Championship wage, and a made-up Premier League wage. Laughing emoji. Great footballer, shame about shame about the injuries. Oh. Well, first Contract, of all, talk to me. First of all, I'd like to thank my agent at the time for, <laughs> um, for putting in writing something that didn't seem possible at the time, uh, and I guess that's why. Is this an exclusive? No, I well, uh, I'm quite open about it. We're calling it an exclusive. Yeah, yes. let's World call exclusive. it an exclusive. Lovely. The, the real story. I remember meeting Gunny uh, in Cambridge. I think I was the second signing behind Gilly. Nels was the third, so we were, we were the three amigos. And basically what I had in my contract, so I said my, I had a wage increase at Swansea. Right. I was on less money than I probably deserved at the time, having come from non-league. 
So I came to Swansea on what I felt I deserved this wage at this level of football. And it was put in that if we were promoted to the championship, that my money more or less doubled. Wow. So beautiful. And it didn't matter how many times I played. <laughs> okay. So that was nice. Perfect, yeah. And then the second season, three-year contract, uh, same deal really. So by the second season, if they'd been promoted uh, to the championship in the first, then my money would not double, but it big bump yeah. up again, regardless of games played. So, and this this was under David McNally, of course. No, 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 it wasn't under McNally. No, he came in a little bit later. I think he was left. Doncaster. He was uh, Neil no, Doncaster. No, no, it wasn't Doncaster. He'd left. It was um, what's his name? Where are you? He was the secretary at the time. What year are you in? 2009 this was. I think oh, Neil Doncaster was... just left. We didn't deal with him. No. Anyway, uh, can you tell you? I, f- I forget. Uh, McNally would have come in and he would have been scratching his head. And we, we had some trouble uh, towards the end where, where he wanted he wanted me out of the club. Um, you were really? It's funny. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny how David wanted you out of the club, yeah, isn't it? There's quite a lot of people out of the club. strange, isn't it? But... Yeah, listen, I came to the club thinking I deserve to be on a little bit more money. I left thinking I'm on a little bit more than I should be. Uh, just yeah, found it, levels out. it maybe, maybe levels out. Um, but yeah, what, what it did actually is made me a supporter. I'm quite a chilled character um, generally. Football is in my blood, obviously. Mm. But in terms of a football supporter, I can never quite get into the mindset of a supporter. By that, by the end of that second season, because I'd been going on loan, Yeovil, mm, sure. uh, went to Brentford, and I saw when I was at Brentford that something was happening. There was going to be another promotion. I wanted to get involved, um, so Paul Lambert, in fairness, made sure I came back, even though things weren't going quite, uh, quite great for me at, at Brentford. Came back for the last month, six weeks, and uh, joined the party. Basically, that do you remember the derby game? Mm. Do you remember the derby game? So one nil down. And uh, going into the 90th minute, yeah? Yeah. And then score two goals. We were up in the skybox in the corner of the stadium. So the lads who weren't involved, weren't on the bench, there's loads of us, there's a big squad. And the thrill that I felt then mm. was probably what you guys feel often as fans. We were going insane. Mm. We were punishing, the, the ceiling was coming down. <laughs> Honestly, the, the skybox, oh you, you've not seen a mess like it, but Good. It, was, it was worth it. Good, I agree. And shows the spirit probably in the no, squad. No, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, the, Quick word on Paul Lambert. In in my opinion, I think he's brilliant. Honestly, honestly do. Uh, and this is coming from a guy who hardly played for him. Um, I think to start with, he came in hard-faced, mm. thought the club was soft, probably was, mm. ruled with an iron fist to start with, didn't trust the players. And then once the players earned his trust, you know, he'd get rid of the ones he didn't want around the place. And I was probably one of those to start with. And... I think he probably would have sensed that I was willing to go out on loan, wasn't happy to just, just sit on my yeah. wages and, and not be involved in the squad, would leave my family to go Yeovil, to go, go to Brentford. And by the second season, he turned changed his mind about me. Maybe not as a player, I think he thought I was crap. Not not quite to that extent, yeah. but there was myself, Nels was playing you know, in and out, Gilly definitely loved Gilly. Um, he saw the three of us and a couple of others as a huge part of the squad and, mm-hmm. a, and a huge help to make sure that the players um, who were in this stand reliable. Level, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, this squad though, Chris, will go down in history, won't it? I mean, you, you look at some of the players: Holty, Wes, Chrissy Martin, Adam Jury. Some big, big names in there. Owen, part of that. Gary Doherty. Memorable squad. Gary Doherty. Gary Doherty. Gary Doherty. Gary Doherty. 
What a character. What the dog a is. guy. Just it what a takes guy. Takes a bit of time to, to um, <laughs> really get to know the, the doc and, and all his quirkiness and stuff. Yeah. Good guy. Real good guy in the dressing room. Uh, he, he'd have his spells like, was it? Which way around is it? First six months of the season, he'd be like a hermit. He, he, he wouldn't, he'd stay indoors. We wouldn't yeah. see him. No coffee, no beer. Legend. Second half of the season, he's out. <laughs> <laughs> he's a life and soul. But uh, yeah, good guy, doc. There is some, I mean, talk about, you know, the players in this team. Of course, you've got the King of Spain in there. Mm. Johnny Absemabor. There's yeah. a name you may have not heard in a, in a long, long time. Um, you know, Chrissy Martin. Yeah, mm. Michael Spillane is, is mm. main. Uh, and obviously Theo, the goalkeeper. What a what a what? guy he was. So, hang on, hang on. Like, we've got to talk about the mighty Theo. Yeah. Won't say his second name. Even though, did you know he's now changed his name? What's he changed his name to? He's changed his, his name, name to... Now Michael Theo. He's changed his name to now... Yeah, to Michael Theo. And we have a conspiracy that he's changed it so when people search his history, yeah. they don't find anything about Norwich. Well, I've actually got it written down here. Michael Theo, why did he change his name? Do you not know anything about it? And what happened when he left as well? well? I, I wouldn't have thought that Michael, he, he would have done it for that reason, because surely if you type Michael Theo, it's going to come up Theocritus. And, well, you know I, mean? I don't think it does. I think that's why we started the conversation. Uh, Theo was as lovely a guy as you could ever meet. Yeah. Like, almost bordering on too nice. Always a smile on his face with that Australian accent. Lovely, lovely fellow. Had an unbelievable missus. <laughs> punching well above his weight maybe that's where his focus went on that first day yeah, of the season he was looking was. for her in the crowd <laughs> yeah she was in the NMP I reckon at that time but he was a great guy uh, and it's a shame how it, how it went down obviously he's a good goalkeeper out over mm. in Australia had been before and was yeah. afterwards just that one day he had an, an absolute nightmare mm. um, and it was a shame the, the way you know, Paul Lambert came in then, wanted to bring his own players in. Mm. Saw Theo as a type of guy, wages-wise, we want to get him off the wage. And it was a bit of a battle at times. Uh, I think Paul Lambert and Theo sort of battling out, really? wanted him to leave, basically. Yeah. Um, and I think Theo stayed strong, stayed professional. Well, he's done well did, now, isn't he? did so. what he did. I think he, at times he was coming in three sessions a day. Um, wow. But he did it with a smile on his face, and uh, I think he got paid Fair up. Play. Paid up in the end, so good luck to him. Obviously, it didn't go to plan, as you said, for you fully. I mean, the team went on to do fantastic things, but it was kind of an injury-driven kind of spell, wasn't it, for you? That must have been tough, personally, to to deal with that. It was uh, probably not the worst injuries that I've had no. here at Norwich. I thought I'd had bad injuries before my knee, and, mm. and if I'm being honest, when I came to Norwich, I wasn't right. So if I go through it quickly, first breakthrough season at Swansea, no problem. Surgery at the end of that first season, didn't go to plan. Then had another surgery over in America, and I wasn't the same after that, mm. basically. So I was a box-to-box midfielder, energy, win the ball back. By the time I'd come back, I couldn't really run. Uh, you know, the, the, <laughs> the term is legs had gone, mine had gone early 20s, really. So I had to try and adapt my game. You did have a good agent, didn't you? I did have a very good agent. <laughs> yeah. but that, that, that loan spell at Swindon was crucial for me right. because it, it meant I played, I think, 11 games at the end of the season and it proved to people like Norwich that I could play mm-hmm. consecutive games. But when I came, I, I would have trouble. My knee was always sore. Um, I remember... The, the, it wasn't Paul Lambert's first game, but he was in the crowd at Brentford, mm. and he was watching on what he t- what he was taking over the day he was announced as manager. And we, we were poor; we got beat two one. I did score, triple deflected free kick. <laughs> um, they all count. Yeah, they all count. But I, I remember trying to pass. I p- tried to pass the ball on my left one, so all my weight on my right, and my right leg would just give way. 
uh, I, I was in trouble, but I'd always felt, um, why do I always have the bad luck to get big injuries where I'm out for three, four months? Why can't I get just one of those mm. three weekers or something? And that's what I got in Norwich. Mm. So I came, uh, Lambert's first day was a, a tough day. He worked as hard. And I tore my calf at the end of that session. Didn't think it was that bad. Wow. And then we played Sunderland. It wasn't in his first game against Wickham, but then started against Sunderland in the Cup. We were Premier League at the time. With this calf that just got worse and worse. Played the full 90. And that ended up in me being out for six weeks. Mm. Came back from that. Had trouble with my groin. Um, it was stop start and also how well the team was doing it was mm. it was hard mm. I could never knock on his door and say why am I not playing gaffer because the team are doing so well mm. and, and, and Chris we, we mentioned it sort of before we came on us two but we've got a similar situation with Matt Jarvis at the moment it's so frustrating with fans we, mm. we see the potential there what we don't see is that the ins and outs in the treatment room every day it's, it's obviously much more frustrating for the player but it, it's a tough one isn't it when, when players are picking up injuries after injuries yeah I mean we, we've had a major blow with Louis Thompson mm. of course as well um, and Matt Jarvis is the mega frustrating one mainly because we know that he's on Premier League wages mm. um, which is very very frustrating but as you said you don't understand the, the whole mindset and what it does to the player and the player can't do anything about it. Mm. The player's agent has done all the, all the work, thanks very much, mm. with, with all the respect in the world. Mm. Um, so, yeah, it's hard and um, it's frustrating for Norwich, particularly with Matt Jarvis because as a, we keep bringing it up and laughing about it. That game against Bournemouth in the Premier League banged in that goal and we thought, wow, this is an absolute player. And since then we've seen absolutely diddly squat. What would you do? Okay, moving on to a bit more up-to-date Norwich stuff. Are you still watching Norwich? Um, I, I have a, a little eye on all my former mm. clubs, really. Result-wise, mm. you obviously then don't get the ins and outs of uh, who's playing. Um, you get almost the highlights who's doing well more than anything. So definitely got a keen eye. Mm. Still got a couple of friends w- within the club as well. So you do get that little bit of information. And also uh, working on Radio Cymru, Radio Wales... Mm. Generally, I'll cover a Norwich game or two in the season, whether it's Cardiff or Swansea. Mm. You're doing S4C as well? Yeah, S4C is more the Welsh, Welsh Premier League, so, so it shows um, the games from, from the domestic league. Yeah. And then I'll, I'll, mix, I'll mix those games on the telly mm. with, with the radio covering Swansea and Cardiff. Yeah. Speaking of the Welsh League, mm. very interested to know your opinion on this. I'm sure you'll probably disagree with me. I'm struggling to understand Cardiff and Swansea being in the English league system, mm-hmm. but then Celtic and Rangers not. Yeah, Am I just not understanding the situation here? Well, I think the Scottish league was formed so many years ago. The, the Welsh domestic league only in 1992. Okay. So what you had is, is any club that played, uh, they would be in the English system. So mm-hmm. Cardiff Swansea would be Bangor, who I played for. And then when it was formed in 92, I think clubs were given the option Okay. What, what they wanted to do did they want to come into the, this league and have the highlight of maybe potentially getting to European football at the end of it um, or were they going to remain and obviously the teams who were doing well the big clubs mm-hmm. were going to remain because they saw that pathway to staying in the English system and having that success if you like so it's more about it's more about the Scottish FA as opposed to the Welsh and the English FA having a thing yeah right understood yeah I, I mean having played up in Scotland you see the size on Rangers and Celtic as clubs mm. that you, you, I promise you, you don't realise until you're there 
that these clubs are huge. Yeah, and, no, I've been myself many uh, times. As big, yeah. if not bigger, than the majority of the Premier League clubs down, down south. They would be a huge force to be reckoned Do with. Do you think? If they came down and then were given the income that these Premier League clubs yeah, are sure. given, yeah, give, sure. give them five, six, it's seven really good years, point. and they, they'd be big clubs because... The, they're like institutions, if you like, when you when you go there. More than more than just football clubs. Oh, I know it's religious. Um, but obviously, if they left the Scottish League, it would leave their it would leave their domestic. But do the Welsh FA not think that about Swansea and Cardiff having you know buggered off into the English League? Are they not a bit frustrated that that's not the situation? I think they'd be frustrated, but as more so than buggered off, they were there to begin with. You know? Sure. So they started off there. Okay. Um, you then have. Probably other the smaller clubs there's Colwyn Bay, Merthyr Tydfil, Newport up until recently uh, were non-league in the English system. They were probably the clubs they would have liked to have attracted back more than the bigger ones. Okay. Uh, You've yeah. helped my understanding. Of Don't the underestimate league. the Welsh Premier League though. TNS on Football Manager. Best save you can do. Yeah. Um, <laughs> anyway, since we've last spoke to Chris, we've pulled in £35 million worth of money. Well done, um, Stuart. Good old boy. But we have also lost probably two of our best players. Oh. Um, Madison's gone. Yeah. Murphy's gone. Yeah. Big money. Will it be reinvested? Are you happy to see him go or not? Um, look, I, I have no hesitation in saying, honestly, I think it's ridiculously impressive to get the amount of money that we got for Josh Murphy. I know he's young. I know he's English, so his fee will go up. But considering his form, um, and this is with no disrespect to Josh, but... I'm surprised that we got that amount for him. And literally, I think Stuart probably sat down and said, well, he looks the same as his brother, so he's got to be worth almost much. You know what? I'll knock a million off for you. How about that? I think it's incredible we've got that amount of money. But I think, obviously, one of the things that we have to always say to to fans is we haven't got 30-odd million in the pot now to spend. We have not got that money. I won't, you know, dive in too much, but... Um, I was talking to Head of Finance recently and having a really interesting chat about how it all works. And, you know, we have not got a massive amount of money to spend now. So please do not expect Norwich to spend loads of money. And actually, you know what? I kind of don't. Going back to Owain's, you know, era at Norwich City, and you think about the type of players that we bought in, it's funny because I feel like we've almost done a full cycle and mm. now we're back to that. We're back at, you know, spending sm- smaller amounts of money but trying to find better players. I mean, an example is we spent... How much money did we spend on um, Marcel Franco? Three million. Three million pounds. Absolutely terrible. How much did we spend on on Tommy Tommy T, Tommy Tribal? It's a free, wasn't he, I think? Free transfer. Now, to me, that says that this current philosophy, this current system mm. is the right thing to do, and I'm excited to see that. What does this money do? It secures our club, one million percent. Really, really worth mentioning that. Um, but for me, I think it gives us the assurance that we can start to build the spine again. Mm. I think without the Madison money, we really struggle to do that. I think, you know, Remy's a top guy, of course. We've got Aston waiting in the wings in, in the, the GK position as well. But I think we'll massively miss Angus next season. Um, and I think that that money gives us the opportunity to potentially get in a slightly better quality goalkeeper, for example. But for me, I'm still massively concerned concerned about up top. Really concerned. I mean, I mean again... Do we take a pot shot and try to gamble and go for a Grant Holt? Or or you know, do we spend big money on a Jordan Rhodes? I'm sure we need to talk about that. For me, wrong move. Mm. Honestly, wrong move. It could work out, don't get me wrong, but Jordan's record is no better than Nelson Oliveira's of late. So 
really interested to see how it goes. And currently, I'm in the same position as I was last podcast. I'm I'm not settled. I'm not content. Stuart's got some work to do still, and Steve Stone. They've done a great job of offloading Josh for that amount of money. Brilliant to sell Madison for that price. Well done. Um, but but he's, he was worth that money. And by the way, I wish him all the best. Mm. Fantastic guy off the pitch. And um, I'm so pleased that he's um, proven my credibility with uh, with the supporters. I mean, I mean, I mean, it'd be interesting to hear sort of what seven years since since you left the club, mm. Premier League football, Championship football, probably nearing on a hundred million spent on players. A lot has changed. Mm. Where do you see the club now? Do you see it in a in a in a prosperous position or, or almost mm. interesting sort of square one? Interesting. Yeah, it's probably in a similar position to before I joined the mm. club not not in that relegation season but just probably seen as a championship club mm. so they finished mid-table last year probably just seen as as that club who could have a season mm. a breakout season where, where they, they get promoted they shouldn't be in any danger of being relegated mm. it's just that not not mediocrity. I'm not going to offend them with with that tag but you know what I'm, you know what I I'm getting you'd be offending anyone I think you'd be bang on but you never know I, I know that the, the stick that the manager He's, he's had quite a bit mm. of abuse from, from fans. I can only sp- speak on what I saw last season. Um, they looked like a side who could be quite flaky. Mm. Um, they could be got at, but once they got going, not bad at all. Mm. You know, the, the football that they played against Cardiff twice, I, I forget the results, you boys will know. They Lost played, both times, I think, but at times... They played some good. really good yeah. stuff. Cardiff at home was an incredible performance. Yeah, so you can see, oh, I can see what he's trying to do. Yeah. Maybe you know that that big investment. If he can invest just a little bit, it might not be him that does it. It might be a director of football, um, but get players in who who can play that brand of football, and you might be onto something. Mm. But maybe not. Really interested to hear. Obviously, of course, you played with the Messiah, the magician himself, Wes Hulahan. Of course, not at Norwich City anymore. First of all, just a few words on Wes, and also. How can Norwich replace a player like Wes Houlihan? No, I don't think so. Uh, I I often used to thank. First of all, I used to thank Gunny. If we were on a night out after a promotion, I'd say after a promotion, this, just chucking this out. is to Gunny because uh, obviously with my wage increase, it was, <laughs> it, but it was Holty and Wes that I would thank mainly. Okay, because in terms of. Uh, the, the boys who ever played in the team were brilliant but those two were the standouts mm. and we couldn't have done it without them absolutely. one for his goals and, and Wes just magic absolutely magic he's up there with the best that I've played with at club at club level definitely he used to meg me all the time <laughs> embarrassing um, but no he, offense, he, but he, it doesn't surprise me no <laughs> um, do you know what it didn't offend me <laughs> I don't care who meg me some like to lose their heads and start, start going crazy but it happened to me every day uh, <laughs> But he was brilliant, and he was out of shape. Uh, Lambert had yeah, to come in and really this, yeah. get him to pull pull his weight, really, because he's a brilliant guy, uh, a lively character, good on a night out. Yeah. Um, but he needed just that kick up the ass, really, to to get his career going. Because mm. maybe his career was going nowhere, you know, because he wanted to leave. Could have left. Yeah. He wanted to leave. Um, I think at the end of that Colchester game, because he mm. knew Lambert from Livingston, he he went up to Lambert and said. Uh, how's it going, Wes? And he said, ah, I want to get out of here. Wow. So, so obviously when Lambert came into the club, he didn't think that Wes wanted to stay and that's why he was in the youth team to start with. Is that an exclusive? We need an exclusive button, don't we? <laughs> I mean, they're so, all coming out, here. So Wes and the Doc were with the youth team in Lambert's first initial few weeks. Mm. It was only injuries that really 
and results not quite going their way meant he had to bring him back in. And they I cannot were, believe the doc was in was in the youth team. He, he what was, a man! I mean, why he didn't he yeah. stick him up top with Holty? That's what I say. He had a couple of weeks with them. He had a couple of weeks, and then there was injuries. Who would have played then? And then they all went out on the piss. So they decided to put Gary Doherty back in the first. Yeah, game. maybe bad influence. Yeah, I think you had you had big Nelsonia Jens maybe played a little bit. I think there was someone else that yeah, played so centre. Yeah, ask you, what a man as well. Yeah, the big Dane. Crazy guy. <laughs> Crazy guy. Right, let's get on to some Twitter questions. We, we tweeted out that you're coming on the podcast. A very good reception, actually. And, and thank you for recommending to get Owen on, because um, it's been brilliant so far. Now, first of all, this is from Willemotts. Now, Willemotts is a, is a local gardener. Oh. He, he, he asks questions every week. Hang on, whoa, whoa, whoa. He's a sponsor of this podcast. And a sponsor. Well, and a sponsor, well of course. Well and. The latest photo, I love this. Been using this old beast for the last 32 years. Never let us down. Few leaks here and there, but wouldn't swap her for anything. Look at that for a What are we looking at here? Oh, nice. This is a oh, roller. Oh, that's a meaty lawnmower. 30 mower. years old. Nice. And uh, the legend that is Jez from Bears replied, sounds like my missus. Mm. Goodness gracious. Um, anyway, he asked, firstly, <laughs> fantastic podcast by Owain. Always a great listen. My question is, should every season ticket holder get a free new shirt to wear at matches for a sea of yellow and green with flags and banners? This would fill away teams with fear of playing at Carroll. Oh, I like his thinking, actually. Mm. I do like his thinking. Knowing football clubs these days, it's not going to happen. It might end up being a £2 just normal T-shirt that you can get from anywhere. We'll take it. But as long as it's yellow. Yeah. You know, I think it. I think it's a good shout. Did you see Carrow as a bit of a fortress when you were playing? Because I think we've lost that a bit over the past mm. few seasons. It, success means you know there's a little bit more atmosphere. Mm. I think uh, is it the Snake Pit? Mm. The Snake Pit was bouncing, and probably going back to the Premier League. Then, as it can happen, I've seen it with Swansea. Is that first season back in the Premier League, back for Norwich, is amazing. If you can make it to the second, yeah, it's quite exciting. By the third, it's just. Not that it's boring, but you're used to what, it. What are yeah, you? Just you climatise. Well, yeah. what what are you playing for? Like mm. Swansea have just been relegated. It might end up being a good thing yeah. because they go into each season really thinking let's finish seventeenth. Mm. You're never going to go on that run where you win three, four, and a bounce. Yeah. Whereas you know in the championship at that time it was uh, it was bouncing. I actually applaud Swansea, and I'm sick of jealousy with Swansea because they came off, of course, at the same time mm. as Norwich with Southampton, who I'm also very jealous of. Mm. But I think Swansea have done a brilliant job of staying in the league as long as they have, to mm. be honest. Because it was a good, what they it could do. Like a good model at the club. I'm not Abs- sure. I, yeah, I absolutely. The I think so. it's gone a bit. Yeah, yeah, of course. But at the beginning of the process, I thought they did very well to survive. Mm. They were brilliant, uh, and then the last three have been stagnant, mm. um, almost almost waiting to be relegated. Yeah. You've had a list of them recently: Aston Villa, Sunderland, mm. where they just stay up by the skin of their teeth, and then mm. the next one's a grind. They will eventually drop. It's it's what mm. happens now. So has it become stagnant at board level? Or? Everything, everything. Right. Player wise, what's happened there is maybe the first half of the season has been terrible, and mm. it looks like they're doomed. So a manager, new manager, will come in and think, right, like am I preparing for next season? Mm. All of a sudden, gets that lift off the players. They survive, and then that manager then thinks, oh, maybe they're good enough. Mm. Inevitably, they will then revert back to type. Not that they're not good players, it's just collectively yeah. needs a revamp. Yeah, interesting. Um, I'm going to leave the last word off this question from Chris Jones. Well, Do you know not Chris? swearing, is he? No, he's not swearing. Oh, um, this is... <laughs> did Delia Smith ever cook you some beef? 
Awesome beef. I saw that question on Twitter. <laughs> I know the word just is. say it. Just say it. Go on. Some beef curtains. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Delia, I only met her a couple of times, Delia. You know, everything was very professional. Good. We, we had um, under Gunny before that season started. Maybe this is why we lost 7 1. We had a nice barbecue the week before. Did you? Was it the week before? Week before, Upper Colney had a nice barbecue. Delia was there. Um, so it was nice, good for team spirit. Maybe not on the pitch, but we got to know each other pretty well. Um, I didn't have much dealing initially because I was Welsh. So I think Michael has been yeah, Welsh. Was. So, you know, that that was the icebreaker in terms of the conversation. But after that... That was how the agent got you in, wasn't it? Probably, yeah. When Probably. Jones, Welsh. It must have been. It yeah, must have been. Must good have for been. him. Good so you spent him. all of this time at Norwich, but Delia never cooked for you? No, she doesn't cook. For any, we ask this to every ex-player. Yeah, no, she like doesn't. She should do. I agree, but we also think Dealey should come on this podcast. Do. She hasn't done it. And the invite is still there. Uh, Stan asks Ipswich or Norwich to finish higher next season. Right, hang on. Before you answer this question, if you say Ipswich, I'm honestly going to finish this, and you're out. Yeah, there's, there's only one answer really I can give, isn't there? But without knowing the exact squad that Ipswich have got at the moment, I'll go Norwich because it, it always seems good, man. They seem to crumble, don't they? Mm. You know. The Derby games especially, their record's been terrible recently. Mm. Uh, Norwich just... They are they are the example of just a championship team. Never up, never down. Um, that's that's hopefully what Norwich don't want to become exactly. over the next few years. Definitely. Keep, keep standing, go on. Bristol Rovers Poles, who I'm surprised still watches us. He's still going every week, week in, week out. Thank <laughs> you to Bristol Rovers Poles. He asks, uh, what player are you most excited about in the future for the Wales national team? There's only, uh, there's not only one. There's there's a handful c- coming up, and you hope that they go on to have good careers. But Ethan Ampadu, mm. who um, who was at Chelsea, mm. signed for Chelsea from Exeter, <laughs> seventeen years old, uh, joined up with the with the squad to start with before the European campaign. Yeah, uh, was just involved in the squad, and he had to leave them to go and do his GCSEs. <laughs> wow! Okay. And apparently, from from the lads that I speak to, he was bossing people around, which is different for. These days, young players, not many of them talk. Not, not many mm. of them are talkers on the pitch. And the, and then he's, he's gone on to have his first couple of caps. Came on against France, uh, over in France. Started against Panama. His his range of passing, scary. Mm. And you can just see him organising the, the senior lads around him, shouting at Ashley Williams where to be. Wow. Um, looks a oh. really outstanding player. Mess with Ashley if you were an Ashley Williams, what are you making of this young kid on the block coming in and bossing mm. people around? No problem, I don't think. No? He, he can play both at the moment. People are... People back home in Wales are torn. Is he going to be a centre midfield player or centre half? I think over time, probably a centre half, an outstanding one. But the games he's played in centre midfield, I promise you, for a seventeen-year-old, his his passing is is scary. Mm. Um, he looks he looks an outstanding. And think of the think of the money that Chelsea spend on their youth players from very all true. over the world. Very very. And he's true. been the one that's gone in first season, coming on as a sub in games. He uh, he looked good. Oh, Stuart Webber, maybe. Uh... Take that one on board. George Crisp, best player you've ever played against? Ooh, good uh, question, George. Best player I've played against is uh, Thiago, who plays a Bayern Oh, wow. Um, so I'm come on for Spain uh, the start yeah, of this yeah. World Cup. Played against him for Swansea. We went over to Spain for a pre-season tour. We had, I think, four games in five days under Roberto, but it was like structured. We'd have maybe everyone would play half an hour right. everyone played 45 minutes each for the first two and then you'd swap someone would play 60 and 30 so that was the fourth game against Barcelona B fourth game I was knackered and uh, we played in the first half team good team right? Mm-hmm. I can remember it now 
uh, Ash was playing in the back with Gary Monk. Uh, who else would have been playing? Jordi Gomez, do you remember him? Yeah, yeah. Ferry Boda, myself, yeah. uh, Darren Prattley maybe playing. And we were 3 0 down. Team. It reminded me of the Norwich yeah. debut, actually. 3 0 down after 20 minutes. Oh. And Thiago, he's megging me from 15 <laughs> yards. He's giving me the eyes every time he got the ball. He's looking over there, pretending to pass. I'm running, and the ball's over there. <laughs> Just made me look stupid. Unbelievable yeah. talent. Best player you played with? Uh, I, I say Gareth Bale is an oh, easy one, really. Yeah. But you know, I say Gareth Bale, yeah, FC. Yeah, yeah. Tra- training for Wales, the majority of the time, he'd obviously be in the team set to start a game and then the rest of us would fill in uh, to, to prepare the, the starting boys and I'd get filled in centre half right back wherever and often I was right back and even though he was left back he was an attacking left back mm-hmm. and you're talking I would start jockeying when he was 20 yards away and he'd still absolutely burn me for pace um, he was brilliant and then club level Wes is definitely up there and probably little Leon Britton as well yeah, as well yeah. good players Love this question coming in from Chris Nicholas. He asks, who's your favourite other Jones? Tom Jones, Simon Jones, Michael Wynne Jones, <laughs> or Alec Jones? Oh, that's a tough one, eh? Tough one. Some, some good Joneses in there. Great I've got, question. I've got the connection with Simon Jones. We both had surgery uh, over in America with Dr. Richard Stedman. Um, <laughs> right, that is so random. <laughs> but you've, got to go, you've got to go Tom, haven't you? Yeah, legend. Sorry, Michael, but it's Tom. My mum, my mum loves Tom mm, Jones. Obviously. On another level. As do all the Welsh ladies. Indeed, yeah. Um, now, this is, we're going to get onto this. Um, Chris Louis asks, are you, would you be content with only signing Jordan Rhodes? He's clearly confident that we are signing him. I'm not so sure. Do you feel that we need another European striker? So, first of all, Jordan Rhodes. I don't think it's about uh, having a European striker. I just think that it needs to be a player that fits into our system. And I would, I would say that saying that Jordan Rhodes fits into our system is debatable. For, look, from what I've heard and what I believe to be true is that this is his agent trying to push through this move. Mm. I, I, I can't see, unless the finances suit Norwich City perfectly, because we're not in that stupid gambling position that we're in under Dave McNally anymore, it's all about safety and security for the future and building from the bottom up. I can't see us paying Jordan Rhodes wages mm. at all. I would be surprised if it goes over the line. Um, but for me, it's just it's someone that fits into the system. It's as simple mm. as that. And um, and obviously that's why um, Mo Leitner has joined, of course, because the finances are not, not yet, in our favour. Um, no, not yet. No. God, dear, oh dear. This is a nice question from Elizabeth Howlett. Big fan of both of your podcasts. Thank you, Elizabeth. No. Both of you. Who would be your dream guest to get on to interview? Start with you, Owen. Um, Yours is Gareth Bale, isn't it? No. no. Really? In terms of getting listeners, you boys know, I think podcasting is it, an intriguing world. And, yeah. I, and, I, and I love to, trying to find out how do you, how do you keep growing. It's mm. like you almost need that cult following mm. to start with, uh, that loyal bunch of supporters, and then slowly word of mouth spreads around. So for that to happen, if, if I got a Gareth Bale... Obviously, that would be that would be brilliant because you'd get loads if he of shares it on Twitter, of course. Absolutely. Um, if we take that equation out of it, Chris Coleman's on the list. Oh, that um, would be interesting. Yeah, back home in Wales, not mm. many people have heard of him since he left. Mm. You know, he left not under a cloud, but it was a big surprise at the time. Went to Sunderland, thought that he could be the man who turned oh, them around, God, yeah. and just didn't didn't go to plan. 
Um, so he's now ended up in China, which is making it difficult for me to get him on the podcast. But he's on the list. What? Just fly to China? He's on the... Hey, <laughs> you got here, so fly out there. Once we're off air, boys, I'm going to be asking you about sponsorship. <laughs> that gardener, what was his name? <laughs> Come on, Willem, let's pay for me to go to China to interview Chris Coleman. What, what, what about a sort of a big character that you've maybe played with that you could really kind of get some stories out of? Who would it be? It's, it's hard to start with. First of all, getting people on. Yeah. That's the most difficult thing that I find because I, I don't like pestering people. Yeah. And if you want someone on your podcast, you boys know. Guilty. <laughs> yeah, you, you sometimes have to pester people. So mm. I'm slowly getting around to that, thinking, if you, I've had a few experiences, I ask someone, do you want to come on the podcast? Yeah, bro, yeah, no problem. They don't know what a podcast is, really. <laughs> and then when it comes to the crunch, do you want to do a podcast next week? They don't answer. Yeah. You think, oh my God. We were quite smooth with you, yeah, with you really. No you problem, me? no right, problem. Yeah. You could but have been worse. Then, but then you guys helped us out, so thank you for that. Mm. So... Who, who could you have? But what, what I'm trying to explain is some people don't know what a podcast is. It's only after you do it with them mm. that they say, oh, I enjoyed that. Because all it is is feeding their ego, basically. My job is to make them feel comfortable, maybe the first five minutes a little bit stiff, mm. get them out of that interview process, you know? So I'm going around this. Uh, this is a long answer. This, isn't it? <laughs> you think <laughs> we'll go. If I could get, right, Matty Gill, who I'm here in Norwich, mm. I'm staying in his house... Oh, he could th- talk about Darren Huckabee. That would be... Amazing. I think you boys, as fans, you've seen the stiff side of Gilly. And obviously, he's the under-23s manager now, so he's got to be professional and this and that. If we could get the Gilly from the nights out that I remember. <laughs> the Mercy podcast, nights out. What a beauty. Well, I'll tell you what, why don't we all go out, down Prince of Wales, yeah. this week, Yeah. get Gilly on the, on the shot. Oh, interesting. Beautiful. We'll get it going. I'm sure... She- Stuart Webber wouldn't be too... Nice. Nah, hey, and he's doing a good job, by the way. Not Absolutely. just because he's my mate. Um, doing good things as, a, as the 23s manager. So Now, before Chris, before you answer what your dream guest would be, Elizabeth, who asked the question, her dream guest would be Robert Chase. That's a big name, isn't it? Very interesting, would very interesting controversial. Story. Yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely. Who'd yours be? Um, I think, well, we have a goal, don't we, Jack, that we're going to get Delia on the podcast. Mm. She'll she'll come on one day. She'll cook us some beef curtains. But, but to be honest with you, I mean, we've... God, I don't want to be going anywhere near... That anyway, um, God, she's definitely not coming on anymore, is she? I think we've actually had some pretty hardcore guests, haven't we? I mean, Owain's obviously the best, mm, of course. So, what have you had? Angus and Russ, yeah, Hux, main two, Hux, Hux was good, yeah. Um, the mighty Michael Bailey, Lapin, Simon Lapin, King of Spain, what a guy, you know. I'd love to get on Gary Doherty. I've got so much interest in the doc. Mm. You, can Just, ask, you can ask the doc about how he uh, if we did it in a pub gets all his washing done in the dry cleaners. So he doesn't, I don't think at the time he didn't use a washing machine. I think he used to take his socks to the dry cleaners <laughs> and everything. Really, yeah. Well, if you've got the money, true then. story. That fair play. I've got it. Um, Wolverine. Oh, um, what's his face? Wolverine, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, interest, yeah, big name, big name. I'd love to get McNally on. Really? Just for some stories. Seriously? Yeah, I don't think you'd get him in a room with me. No. He hates me with a burning Much, much passion. Me and, yeah. and David. Yeah. You don't like you? No. Like I don't blame him either. I don't like many people. <laughs> no, probably not. Uh, swiftly moving on. John <laughs> Divine Gay. Now, this is the big question. Do you agree there's been a direct correlation between changing the Caro pies from Delia's own to Pucker pies? And the quality of football we've been subject to over the past few great questions. Seasons. I didn't know this was uh, this had been. Happening oh, this has been controversial. Eh? It's a disgrace, if I'm being honest. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I've got to say. On I that mean, a pucker pie, standard, isn't it? 
it's it, I tell you what it reminds me of I, I like a bit of hiking mm. I like getting up the mountains yeah yeah on my doorstep in Wales that doesn't um, surprise me there's a coffee there's a not a coffee shop there's a cafe at the top of Snowdon mm. right which actually attracts some idiots who think it's easy to walk a mountain so they go sometimes in their flip flops right. anyway that's, a, that's another story but the cafe at the top of Snowdon now serves like generic drinks oh. so you know like a cup of tea or a hot chocolate you've got to peel the foil oh. off the bottom God, just, we've gone there, have we? I just think well, they've well, sold no, out. you've done that, of course. Yeah. Sure. We had the peelable coffees. Sellouts. I mean, if you're climbing a mountain, you don't expect to be served the crap coffee, do you? You just want a home, something a bit homely, you know? Yeah. Even if it comes down to the cake. So it's like a pie that you'd get in, in a football game. And that disappoints me. Absolutely. <laughs> I agree. Mm. Disgusting. What, what is your go-to pie filling? Do you know what? I'm not a huge pie fan. As, t- as, as I've got older... I, a pie would be bottom of the list, really. I'd go oh, really? cheeseburger, I'd go hot dog, no question before a pie. Did you eat all the pies at Norwich? No. I who ate all the pies at yeah. Norwich, by the way? Go on. Who Wes. Ate the, who ate all the pies at Norwich? He was a bit heavy. <laughs> Holt used to get a bit of stick, didn't he? especially Swansea fans, but he, yeah. used to, he used to love it. He used to love getting that stick. Yeah. Uh, Improved his game massively. I mean... Semi was a big boy, but not on the pies. He was just a big, strong yeah, boy. Loved, yeah. loved the weights, you know. But yeah, not a huge pie fan. Interesting. And you're now a keen golfer as well, aren't you? Or you've always have been. Always have been, especially when I was at Norwich. And this, this is genuinely. Um, so, well, you're injured all the time. No, actually, it was what took my mind off. Yeah. yeah. Injuries. Um, so if you're not playing, I'd get injured. I'd come back. Wouldn't be involved in squads. Um, and that was what really took my focus. Gave me something else, you know. So I played some great golf here at Norwich. Favorite uh, course? Well, we played quite often at Western Park, and yeah. never paid once. Gilly was a member, so he used to get me on. With for so he used to pay this big fee, and I used to just jump, jump on. <laughs> and then, then went up to Scotland and got spoiled with golf courses. Yeah. Oh had, yeah, had three years with nothing and getting back into it now. Beautiful. Played Royal Porthcawl? I've never played yeah. Royal Porthcawl. I think. Uh, I would love to play it. They're quite stuck up there, actually. Quite stuck up, you know. It's all about Carney. It's only these posh ones who (laughs) get on, poor Carl. Anyway, thank you so much for coming on, mate. It's been a a genuine pleasure. Um, Any last words to the the Norwich faithful? Oh, I've got something. I just need to interrupt. Go Go and check out this podcast. Yeah, by the way, yeah. Go and check out out this podcast. Links in the description. Absolutely. What's what's been your highlight in terms of the Norwich, the former Norwich players? Lots of Norwich players on this podcast. If you've got to sell it... In a minute, mm-hmm. no, actually 30 seconds, you're better than a minute. How would you sell it to the people? Look down that lens and sell it to the fans. So, the Longman's Football World podcast, you got the name wrong earlier. You said Longman's World Football, something ridiculous. Anyway, we won't go into that. Uh, I've tried to give it a bit of a Norwich mix, uh, bringing my own contacts. So, Gunny, Paul McVeigh, uh, who else have I got? Forbesy. Forbesy, Darren Huckabee. And it's just trying to get them to relax, mm. trying to give a different sort of interview to what everyone's used to. Uh, so that's the beauty of it hopefully more Norwich people to come Russell Mayer and he's on the list I'll get Gilly on there as well maybe together and, oh wow uh, maybe we'll get Wes but Wes uh, Wes reminds me of who's the characters on Mike Bassett who always agree <laughs> with everything yeah he, uh, so you, I think if you got I mean congratulations if you get Wes on congratulations yeah. Wes I mean, who you'll have to pay I think you'll have to pay him a fair bit I'm paying Wes nothing I'm paying <laughs> nothing <laughs> No chance. You can after you contract in Norwich. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> no, that's all that's gone, mate. That's gone. That's why I'm doing stuff, I guess, now. Yeah, times are hard. But the Longman's Football Podcast, yeah. Top man. Thanks for coming on, mate. Thanks, guys. Top man. Cheers.